Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you. Uh, For this day, Lord, in particular, we thank you for the life that you bring through your resurrection. And God, as we uh, learn more about that, as we are reminded again of the hope that that brings, may your spirit guide and lead us today to find great joy in life that is beyond death. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Can you think of a time when uh, something just clicked, where it finally like came together? You knew some things about some things, but eventually it just clicked. Uh, I think in life we have these moments all the time where, where we see that like I might know how to make things happen, but eventually something just wires together and it clicks and it happens. I see this happen uh, with each of my three kids. Uh, I remember watching them go through the phases of like sitting up to crawling to like pulling themselves up on a chair and then eventually they got to the spot where they kind of just stood there like this. You know what I'm talking about? And then eventually they made the bold step of like trying to walk in something like clicks they're able to do it. Or, or maybe that next stage in life of where uh, I've seen with my kids moving from uh, training wheels on the bike, right? And they're just trying to ride along and eventually you take those things off and after a bunch of skin knees and trying to run behind the bicycle, something just clicks and they get it. They're able to make that movement. Uh, my wife, Uh, brought this up to me one time, and something just clicked in my own mind. I had never thought of this before, but combining peanut butter with apples, (laughs) something just clicked, and life was seen in a whole different world. Does anybody know what she's talking about here? All right, and I will, uh, like, propose to you peanut butter and carrots is another thing, all right? Like, God's goodness in this, something clicks, and then all of a sudden you see life differently. And, and, and this is just what happens around us all the time. We might know some things about some things, but something has to click for it to make sense. I was watching um, a YouTube channel called Smarter Every Day. I don't know if anybody's ever seen this channel before. It's really interesting. Um, it's with, uh, done by this guy right here. His name's Destin. And uh, Destin desires to, um, like, make everybody smarter every single day. And so he does all these weird random activities, and you just learn something by watching his YouTube channel. And uh, one, one of the episodes, uh, he is uh, hanging out with a buddy, and his friend comes to him and says, Destin, I guarantee you cannot ride this bicycle. Now, Destin knows how to ride a bike. He learned at a very young age, but 
for whatever reason, his friend, uh, a welder, put together this bicycle and made it really challenging to ride because uh, it was known as a backwards bicycle. And if you notice, what makes this bicycle really challenging is that when you turn the handlebars to the left, the wheel goes to the right. And so Destin, uh, with his friend, he said, I guarantee you can't ride this bicycle. And so they were hanging out. He has the video, and, uh, and he like, tries to go like two feet, and he just can't figure it out. Because every time he tries to correct it, the bicycle just collapses. He falls down, all this sorts of stuff. Eight months goes on, he says in this channel. Eight months, he spends 10 to 15 minutes trying to ride this bicycle, trying to ride the backwards bike. Finally, after the eighth month, something just clicked. He was able to figure it out. Now, you might be thinking, like I was when I first watched that, of like, man, this dude's probably not that coordinated. <laughs> Thanks, Tucker. <laughs> you might be thinking, like, you know what? This dude, it, it, like... If he was an athlete, he could figure it out. All right, well, Destin went on a tour with this bicycle. He would speak at these universities and schools, and he would challenge somebody in the crowd. He said, I guarantee you can't ride this bicycle, and if you can, I will give you $200. And in the video, you watch him bring people forward over and over, and he says, here's the starting line with the bicycle, walks it off like this, and holds $200 in the air. And every single person that came forward would try to start and something would throw them off. And the point that he was making in this whole video is that knowledge does not always equal understanding. Point is that you could know some things about some things. You might know exactly how this is supposed to be, but until something clicks, there's understanding. It seems to all make sense. And when that click comes, that which is in your life looks it looks so much different because of that click. Uh, one of the reasons that I love the Bible is um, because you get these stories of real people. You read stories about uh, people who have their own struggles. They, they have their own doubts about who God is and what he's done. And they also have heroic moments as well. And in the story that we just read in John chapter 20, we read of a couple of people that are present at the resurrection. And, and we are let in on these click moments for them. In fact, I want to show that with uh, John here first and then uh, Mary Magdalene. We read these words. Uh, it says this, that then the other disciple, John, who had reached the tomb first. It's interesting because um, we read in John's account, which, by the way, this guy that we're talking about, John, is the author of the account. He's the one who's telling the story. And we read that on Sunday morning, there's this race to the tomb. 
And John, the other, reached the tomb first. The writer tells you, hey, I'm the fastest of the crew. All right, I got to the tomb first. And as they were running to the tomb, by the way, John, being one of Jesus' disciples, he followed him in his ministry. He had seen all these things that Jesus had done. It reads that Peter went into the tomb, also one of Jesus' disciples, and he saw that the linen cloths that were on Jesus had now been folded up, put to the side. The tomb was empty. We read that John also sees this. And after Peter leaves the tomb, we see that John enters in and it says that he believed. It was this click moment that had happened. John, the disciple, would have then believed the things that Jesus had said. See, John had seen a ton of things that Jesus had done. John saw Jesus turn water into wine. Pretty cool party trick. He saw him walk on water, also really cool party trick. He saw him spit in mud, or he spit in dirt to create some mud, and then he slapped it on this blind guy's face, and then all of a sudden he was able to see. John also saw Jesus just a few days earlier hanging from a cross. In one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible, John would write this, that Jesus would say, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace, and in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It would have been in that very moment that things just, clicked. And everything that was said before, now I see differently. But let's look at somebody else who was present during that time, a woman named Mary Magdalene. Now, for the record, just in case you're confused here, Jesus's mother is also named Mary. This is not Jesus's mama, all right? This is another woman named Mary Magdalene. And we learn of Mary Magdalene that that she is from uh, the area of Galilee, a place where Jesus had done many of these miracles and things that had happened. And we read that, that Jesus actually cast seven demons out of her. And and we also know that Mary Magdalene was present at the time when Jesus was being buried. She probably knew the exact spot where that race on Sunday morning was going to happen, where John got to first, if you remember. And they arrive at the tomb, and now Mary Magdalene, her response is interesting. She gets to the tomb, and she weeps. She's upset by what has happened. And we read here this. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, 
but she did not know that it was Jesus. But Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? Supposing him to be a gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. I love this story. Again, you get into the humanity of of the scriptures. This woman, Mary Magdalene, she is upset because of what has happened to Jesus. And she sees this mysterious person, assuming him to be a gardener, just says, tell me where the body is. And then this moment happens next. Jesus said to her, Mary, something clicked. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus calls her by name. And then it all makes sense. Something changed. Beautifully, Jesus, after this moment, would tell Mary Magdalene, that I want you to go and tell my brothers. Notice the family language. Go tell them about the good news that has happened, that I have risen from the dead. But it was in that very moment that we read that things clicked. And then life couldn't be looked at the same. And that's why... I love what Sean has been doing over the last almost a month now in our previous series, if you've been with us, we've been looking at these stories of the scripture before Calvary, before the time of Jesus. If you notice in the back area there where we took the kids for the kids' message, it's just an incredible painting that's showing us what all of life is about. That this pinnacle moment that it all centers around the resurrection. That without the resurrection, this is very silly. This life of Jesus does not make any sense. But because of the resurrection, because Jesus rose again from the dead, things seem to click. It seems to be different. We look at life differently, and it points us to the plan and purpose of who God is. That God is this provider. He is our protector. He is our scapegoat. And it points us all to the resurrection and what he has done. Because of Easter, it changes everything. Because of the resurrection, it gives us a new understanding of how to look at life around us. And I guess what I want us to understand is that this isn't some like simple snap of the fingers magic trick that Jesus does. But instead, this is like a sounding boom that changes all things. Because I'd be willing to bet the chances are that you've experienced this click in some way shape or form maybe that was found in in a time where you were in great need 
And it seemed as if nobody understood what was happening and going on, but somebody came and served you in a way that was beyond what you could imagine. And something clicked. You realized that life wasn't just about me, but it was about also serving those around me. Or, or maybe that was found that click moment happened when all of a sudden you, you learned that you were, you were tired of living this world, living in a world of thinking that if I perform, then I'll be loved. But you were introduced to a God who says that you are loved beyond your performance, beyond your greatest achievement or your greatest failure. And something clicked in that moment that God's love for you is different than anything else in this world. Or maybe for you, something clicked when you faced the reality of death. When it was clear that death is a horrific thing. But what Jesus promises is that death is not the final word that there is life beyond death. And that gives us a new perspective, a new way to look at the world around us here today. See, God desires for us to each experience that click, that moment of where life is more than what it perceives to be. Like Destin riding a bicycle backwards. He desires for us to have that moment that, that there is this time now where I can't see life the way that I used to see it. I see it now in a new way, a way that brings life meaning and purpose. But I get it. I get that oftentimes Easter can be one of those times where, yeah, this is all fine and dandy. I really like the music. Pastor's got good hair. We all know this. <laughs> but I got some serious doubts about this Christianity thing. I get it that today you might be here because you're fulfilling an obligation from a family member said, hey, I really want you to just come check this thing out with me. Or maybe you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't know if I've had that experience of where things just seem to make sense. I, there's two things I want to present here today that I think are really important for this day that I would hope that you would come to see today. It, the two things is this. Number one, that this, this click of God was done out of compassion, not arrogance. The resurrection is the greatest act of compassion by the creator of the universe. We live in a world today that is identified as a post-truth world. Maybe you've heard those words before. Essentially what we say 
is that, hey, you can have your truth, I can have my truth. As long as these things don't offend each other, we can just live our own way. And, and I'm willing to acknowledge that that doesn't seem to make sense in our world because of the truths that we proclaim. I also know that for many of the Christian faith, there seems to be this line of that we come with a, a perspective of like, if you don't believe like I believe, you are less than. And, and the good news of Easter begins to be used as a weapon instead of compassion and how it was originally brought. And my hope today for you, if that's where you're at of saying like, man, I just, there's, it's not that I don't like Jesus, there's just some Christians that I don't really wanna be associated with. I'm here to tell you today that, that I hope that you would look to Jesus and see the compassion that he brings, the love that he shows. And it was because of his death and resurrection, because of his love for us, that he was not settled with the way things were, but out of compassion, not arrogance, he came into this world to bring life, purpose, and meaning. But the second thing I would acknowledge is this, is that I'm willing to bet that in the midst of Easter, the question can arise, does this really change anything? I mean, seriously, I get the fact that Jesus rose from the dead thousands of years ago, but still in this world, I experience pain. I experience suffering. I experience hurt. Does this really do anything in this world? And, and today, if that's your question, I just want to first say that that is a very legit question one that I think needs to be discussed and talked about in healthy ways. But if that's your hang-up from God, then I want to invite you back to church next weekend. Because what we're going to be doing is talking about another book in the Bible that talks about this very thing. This guy named Job in the Bible that, that in a moment, Job loses his family, his health, his fortunes in one moment. Yet still, doesn't lose his faith. And what I love about this story of Job is it shows us and it teaches us that life is going to be filled with challenges and struggles, and pain and suffering. But Job would be the one who would say these words, for I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth. For I know that my Redeemer lives. I guess my hope and prayer for us is that we would find joy in the clicks of life. 
and the places where we see God just bringing these things together and then we come to understand how good our God is. And we see how he is alive in this world. I understand if you have doubts. I understand if you experience pain. My hope and encouragement for us is that we would be there to point to the resurrection. We would point to the greatest act of compassion that has come, that was done by Jesus. Because his promise is that if we put hope, if we trust in him, that there is life beyond death. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your gift of life, the joy that you bring, the hope that comes in your death and resurrection. And I pray, God, that as we experience the pain and suffering of this world, may that point us once again to your hope, to your resurrection. Because as your word says, if, as we are buried with you, we too shall rise with you again. That gives us great reason to have joy, to celebrate, and to have peace. I pray, God, that we would see you in a new light, and that we would see you as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who sits on a throne, but first came to rescue us. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.